The opinions stated on this podcast do not reflect the opinions of the Alessal as a whole. Hey, welcome back to Alessal After Hours. I'm your host, Bruce, and with me today, we have... Hi, I'm Gabe. I'm the managing editor at the Alestal. I'm Dylan. I'm a reporter at the Alestal. Much like Bruce. Yes. Yeah. We do have that in common. Nothing I'm else. This is how humans talk. Yes, yes. very true. Yes. <laughs> we are discussing the way that they discussed in Greek rooms many years ago. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Someone steam, whip out the Ben Shapiro impression. No. We're not, not getting the we're not doing okay. impressions. <laughs> This Why is the impressions I... episode. <laughs> right. So today's topic is over the staff ed. Um, staff ed, for those that did not read it, is about growing old and how that does not mean that you cannot enjoy things at a young age that are for young people. And we have the writer and resident old man. Of the Wait, I don't know if that, I, I mean, I don't know if that last part was like necessary, but like. Well, it's your um, title. Well, well, yeah, I did write that a piece, but like, I don't. It's your title. I don't. Really think it's that's like my official. Editor. I don't think it's, it's like, like official. Title. I don't really think. Point one. I'm really not really sure about that kind of stuff. But like, okay. Uh, yeah, I did write the piece. Yeah, uh, it was. You know, it was good. Uh, I we all agree on staff. Like, you know, if you're growing up, you don't have to like not be. You know, if we we uh, trick or treating was the example, but there's a lot of stuff that I think fits in that category of like you know any age you can enjoy the things you did when you were younger and shouldn't be as frowned upon if that makes sense mm. agreed well okay i say that i stopped trick-or-treating when i was eight because i was worried people were going to put um razors like, razors and well mostly drugs in my community where no one really does well i'm not going to say that but it, it it's not likely well i mean i've read there's tons of articles and stuff and news about people who allegedly have done that but then way more debunking that theory of like that doesn't yeah. well i was also eight really. Oh, See, well, totally, totally. Yeah. This is just for I, people out there listening. Yeah. yeah, I left a movie theater for Dark Knight Rises because of the shooting when I was eight. Oh, wow. And I was like, I was so afraid, and I just left. But I was going to say about the drugs, I heard that uh, the best argument for that being fake is who is going to put drugs and candy to give to kids? Who is going to waste their drugs? You'd be surprised. There are 8 billion people on this planet, almost. It's, tr- well, f- speaking, there was like an interview I saw somewhere with a guy the, the reporter was like, listen, I live in a community where people are selling drugs very openly. That's the thing that happens in that community. And he's like, when kids go trick-or-treating, those drug dealers are not going to put the drugs in the candy. Because then if some random kid has a trip and is on some drugs and it's in his candy and maybe even the kid passes away, the people whose kid that is, they didn't want that. They didn't expect that. So then the police are getting in. Everyone's getting in. And that's you don't want that if you're selling drugs. If you're a drug dealer, you're going to keep selling to your people who want it. And you're going to keep a low profile. <laughs> you are not going to do that. The razors thing always confused me. Like, I get it's scary, but, like, wh- who's doing... Wh- why? 2011 was a different time. <laughs> 2011. That is when you get... I was going to make a joke yeah, about was, you guys I being eight, eight recently. Yeah. Yeah, Minecraft. Minecraft. But See, I feel like that's... Okay, never mind. I was going to go on. My first time playing Minecraft was 2013. I'll have you Same. know. I played it on like a phone pocket edition. I didn't have it on my I, laptop. We had parents' computer. I mean, we had it on my Xbox. Yeah, 
I have it on my Xbox yeah. 360. Xbox, it's the worst edition, but yeah, that is untrue. The um, you're untrue. We we could have a debate about this. <laughs> this is a Minecraft episode now. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to my let's play. Hey guys, <laughs> welcome back. We can have a Minecraft episode in the future. You could talk an hour about Minecraft. wham. I'm gonna write an op-ed about Minecraft. That'd be great. Um, I just remembered the clown stuff. Oh, the clown. This is like a Halloween episode we're doing for the podcast now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like that. Spooky. I'm glad you had me on for the Halloween episode. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad you could show up for this next 15 minutes of the podcast. I'll be here for a while. I'll be here for as long as you record. It's fine. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh-huh. I'm not gonna walk out on you. I promise. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, all right. I got, I got places to be. <laughs> is that you? Is that is that, is that oh, me? You, 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 me? Got, you got me? Got a gallon of milk to pick up. Uh, yeah. From the gas station. Gotta go get uh, some cigarettes. Gotta go get some smokes. Tell <laughs> your mom back. I'll be back. Hey, I'll be back here in a second to record the last half of this podcast. All right, let's gotta go pick up some smokes. Is that how I talk? Yeah. Is that what I say? Yeah. What did I say? I think you might be projecting. I, I don't think I am. I can't buy We're breaking the fourth wall by telling them this is a podcast. Everyone listening to this is so scared. They're getting too surreal. We need to bring it back into Halloween. I, I like I like that there's the possibility that they're freaking out. So about the clowns. I need to talk to Emma about taking the podcast back because you're <laughs> scaring the viewers about, and listeners. About the clowns. Let's, let's really them. scare them. Let's really scare them Shut by reminding them that, that there were clowns mm-hmm. in the world. Oh, not just the people scaring people? For about a actual m- clowns? <laughs> <laughs> for about a month, there's just a phenomenon of, of clowns in during Halloween. I vaguely remember that. And I was in like 6th or 7th grade. People was, were like really scared about it. Did you guys ever see any of them? No. Well, no, because I was in... Yeah, we're both from small school. Town. I did. I, I That actually did. I ran oh. into one of those clown people who was like, for some reason, like I thought it was just some over hyped stupid phenomenon that wasn't real like kind of the drug candy stuff because even from a young age I thought it was dumb but not to like one up you guys that was not meant to be like a dunk like well I wasn't scared of it but like I don't know my parents were always very like dismissive of it I guess um but when I was in like high school I was driving somewhere because that's when the the yeah well you guys turned we eight like junior high. five years ago so I, well that's you're you're and that's I'm a poli sci, not math. Yeah, major. that's right. So, um, anyway, <laughs> I was driving to like a football game one high school night, like 2015, 2016, my freshman year, and I drove, and I saw like you know stop sign guy drives past in front of me, like straight through the intersection after he stops, and I just see like a guy in a clown mask in the back seat, like waving at me with like a weird glowy in the dark wig lights on, <laughs> and he had like a fake knife, and I was like, I wasn't scared. I was scared for a split second because I was so confused, but then I was immediately like. Wow, it's real. Well, all right, yeah. There's just people doing that because they think it's scary or something. They're funny. It, it was a weird phenomenon because it was it was a real one. Like there were people going out and just dressing up as clowns with knives, and then the, and there were some people that chased them. I remember seeing videos online of just people getting chased by clowns like down the street. I think I saw one of like a guy getting punched. That was kind of fun. I remember in junior high, there was like supposedly this like parade of clowns that were coming down I-55, <laughs> and. People are, cloud there parade. were there were like the most ridiculous rumors like oh my god they killed a couple people in Bloomington no they didn't <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I do. where are you getting this from I think Santa's gonna become like an archaic concept because of the internet why would that happen because it's more easy to get exposed to knowing Santa's fake as a kid wait what what, what do you mean like Santa's fake what do you I don't think he's, <laughs> I think he's joking I don't know what he's talking about. 
I'm talking like, like explain it better. I don't really get like, what you're like it. tablet kids. Okay. Right? Yeah. yeah. And like they're the little, told little, Santa like, is real. Raised by tablet. Yeah. They're told fairy got tooth fairy. You know. And well, the tooth, like, well, the tooth fairy's not real. Well, that's that's just crazy. <laughs> now you're talking out of my limits. I don't know, man. <laughs> Are you drunk? Are you high right now? You're talking about something called the tooth fairy. You're <sighs> not the man a, I knew. He got a smokes from the the gas station. He got those golden cigarettes. Got those ones dipped in that little thing or something? What are you talking about? The tooth fairy? <laughs> Why are you becoming like a, a mother? Why are you turning into a woman? Is like that's you, just what you, what are you, you smoking? In the interview I I did to get hired, you gave your mother like a Brooklyn accent. She she doesn't. That's just a good mom voice. I think it's funny. I think it's funny to be like. And I was gonna say you just identify like doing that kind of accent as a mother voice. Well, because it's one thing to be like, hey, yo, I'm from Brooklyn. What up? What's up? And then it's another thing to be like. You shouldn't be playing out in the rain like that. That's, Get it? You're gonna catch a cold. <laughs> that's not what you did. Like it sounded like a Sopranos character when you did it. You sounded like you were in New Jersey. Well, like Abe. Hey, Gabe, what are you doing? This Come on! Incredibly my, offensive. <laughs> my favorite thing to do when I'm in the pharmacy is look at these really long, convoluted drug names. And say them in like a New York, New Jersey accent, like hydroxychloroquine. Hey, 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 give me the the ten milligram levetiracetam. Levetiracetam. Hey, <laughs> it's give a me seizure the, med. <laughs> give me the five milligram melatonin. Mike, the go. I can't do. I nope. I almost tried to do a Sopranos voice and almost immediately swore. I'm trying to do nice to my friend Bruce. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I feel like not to redirect everything, but like uh, Halloween is fun no matter the age don't have to be a kid to trick-or-treat and get in costumes and do all that. Like, I still dress up every year. Do you have to be a kid to believe in Santa? No. What do you mean, believe? Yeah, that's a fact. Cannot believe there's a Santa denier on the staff now, Dylan. Not anymore. Not, not, <laughs> not for long, we'll say that. I'll, I'll, I'll say that much. Not for long. Okay. <laughs> Cut back in, like, somewhere around if here. If anyone's ever seen Strange Brew, take off, Jose. <laughs> what were we talking about? I don't know. We need to, like, come back in with a semi-coherent episode now says who um, santa claus i yeah i feel like santa no i don't think santa is going to become a thing people and kids don't believe in with internet being more common like i don't think it's going to be revealed to kids because i think even if a kid you know because there's you know kids tv shows kids media that they're supposed to be looking at if their parents put them on the tablet or the iphone or tv and sure, maybe they'll stray away from that and sometimes get some bad, not good stuff, which is definitely a problem. I don't think that bad, not good stuff is going to be like, oh, sexual content and profanity, and also Santa's fake. Like, I feel like that's not going to be at the top of the list of things to that, drop. Okay, so let's talk about books. Books. Gabe, you want to start? What are you, what are you reading? This is, wh- oh, what am I reading? Okay, yeah, I thought you were just going to say books, talk, and I'd be like, I don't know what you mean. Yeah, are you reading anything right now? Um, so unfortunately, during the school year, I can't really. Re- I feel like it's harder for me to read what I want, because you know I have so much stuff to read for class. Um, I'm taking a class on comic books and diversity, which does have a lot of stuff I enjoy reading. Some of it is not quite my vibe, but like recently we've been reading the Black Panther, a, a run of Black Panther. I forget. I think it's Tanasi Coates' run, but some writers' run. I don't quite remember. Um the big series I've been reading for a long time, and listeners of the show will remember, I talked about it a lot before when I was hosting, uh, is The Sandman by Neil Gaiman. Fantastic. I've been meaning to read um, Neil Gaiman. I forget. It's, it, like, his, I think, the most popular one. Um, 
American Gods. Gods and, yeah, I think yeah. it was that one. American Gods is his big one. It's got made into a show recently. So Coraline was his first one that made into a movie. American Gods is a show. Good Omens, which he also worked on with Terry Pratchett, also show. And now Sandman's got a season. And hopefully a second season if everything maybe, shakes out. Maybe someday one of my books will become a show. Yeah. Uh, huh. Well, let's... What have you been reading, Dylan? Yeah. Um... Well, okay, I bought a bunch of stuff from Books A Million. Um, Always a great idea. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, the Invisible Man, H.G. Wells. I love H.G. Oh, Wells. That's a good one. I haven't read it yet. But uh, I, I have I it. I've read, that's I think one I did of the, read that for drama. I've read um, also by H.G. Wells, The Time Machine and um, War of the Worlds. But I've The Time yeah. Machine was good. Those are three of the like classic English literature novels. Yeah. Those three I've read. Those three are pretty yeah. good. And then H.G. Wells good. I've got um, Foundation. Isaac Asimov. Oh. Because I, I used to be really big into sci-fi, and I still am. But mm-hmm. um, as evidence, I was just talking about H.G. Wells. But um, I'm excited to read that one, too, because it's like Foundation and Dune, for me at least, are like the two like big, like far-flung future timelines. Um, there's just so much to explore there. I haven't been able to really get into sci-fi. Like I look at it and like you know you go through the sci-fi. Um, we went to that bookstore and all. Yeah, um, a lot of it looks the second same. reading. Yeah, bookstore. Like, the book covers are just like a uh, strong white guy with blonde hair is in front of a spaceship in space. And yeah, like, that's the book cover. Book Maybe cover. there's a weird looking alien somewhere. Yeah, sometimes, and he's like got a blaster and he's like. Yeah, it's like 2001: A Space Odyssey. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, I, I a lot of them do look the same. It's just the ones that stand out. The more like. That's why it's harder to get in a niche sci-fi, although I will say one of the best sci-fi books I've ever read. It's called Blindsight. I forget the name of the author, but it's a take on human evolution, um, the uh, technological singula- singularity. So, like, basically it's this theory that, like, technological progress speeds up until we can't control it anymore, and that's the technological singularity. And then after that, it's who knows what. So it's, like, right around that time, and... It's just, it's a really fascinating book. I, I don't know if you could consider this sci-fi. I think it technically is. Um, Cory Doctorow, he wrote this book called Little Brother, and I read that in sixth grade. And it was, for a long time, my favorite book. Um, and it's about this guy in high school. I can't remember. Winston. His name was Winston. And he was a hacker. And so it was all basically focused on uh, technology. And at the time it was released, about 2008, was this was like right after patriot act uh, war on terror so it was about a police state um there's a terrorist act in san francisco they blow up a bridge um and winston and his friends are out doing an arg um alternate reality game in san francisco and they get abducted basically by the nsa i think it may have been the nsa fbi and they get sent to what they call is gitmo by the bay they don't know where they were and they're basically interrogated, tortured, because they think that they're suspects in the in the thing. Um, and then one of their friends, um, who's either Darren or Daryl, is just kept there. He's not released, and he's still being tortured. So the entire book is like them trying to get information on them to release, because they're doing some shady stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next book is called Homeland, and it's just kind of a continuation of it. Homeland. Um, if you guys do, you guys know what Watch Dogs is, the video game series. Yes. Do you know Watch Dogs too? I didn't play either of them. I just know the series exists and the okay. gist. <clears throat> well, Watch Dogs 2, when I read uh, Homeland, it's like, it's literally the same thing. And Homeland came out before it. 
so they kind of just lifted most of it from Homeland. Um, but for the longest time, I read that. I think it's science fiction because it's like set in a hypothetical future, but still in the present. It's like what could happen or what is happening that you may not know about, and it's set with technological aspects. Homeland is a bit more futuristic. At the time, at least, it was written like there's 3D printed weapons and um, see and like um, there's just like a lot more technological aspect to it. But I read that series and I kind of liked it. He released a new one, I think, but I haven't read anything from him since then. Hmm. Um, I'm not a big sci-fi guy. I don't know why. It's just never really appealed to me. I do like fantasy, but not like most. I haven't gotten to. When I was a kid, like I really liked um, Lord of the Rings and stuff. Tolkien. I think the best sci-fi is stuff that doesn't like outwardly present as Mm sci-fi. Like Dune. You don't look at that and think, oh, yeah, sci-fi. I mean, maybe. If you have any passing knowledge of it, yes. But, right. like, once you get into it, the book is about – there's a lot of religious stuff in it. Um, it's – there's – I've read I read Dune, and I saw the movie, too, which is actually phenomenal. Oh, I was going to ask because I it's haven't good. read it, haven't seen it, so I didn't know if the new movie was a good – It's good. It's it. The movie is only half the book, mm-hmm. but – and there's tons of books, good. right? Oh yeah, I've only I've only read Dune and part of Dune Messiah, mm-hmm. the second one. But um, a sort of subset of science fiction, I think, is uh, cyberpunk the genre. I oh love yeah, that stuff. Um, I do like. Cyberpunk. I do like. Yeah, I think. Okay, all three of us like cyberpunk. Um, cyberpunk author actually followed me back on Twitter, because um, his name was Bruce, and I was like, oh, that's cool. And I googled him, and he's like, oh, he, he helped like form the cyberpunk genre. So I followed him, and he's it's a private Twitter, and he accepted and followed me back. Or he may have just accepted. I don't know if he followed me back. He should. If he ever listens to this podcast. <laughs> um, Send it to him. I've been meaning to read Neuromancer by William Gibson. Because I heard that's like sort of one of the first books in the genre that really set it up. I heard um, Cyberpunk 2077 kind of lifted a lot of the story from Neuromancer. Mm. It's about this guy that gets like an augment chip that's like a virus kind of. This, this is me remembering like a Wikipedia definition of it. Um, and he has to do a heist or else it'll kill him. So he has to like get money for these people or else they'll kill him or something. Yeah. Um, but what, what, okay. What are your guys's favorite books? This is a hard question to ask. I don't think so. Okay. Well, sometimes it's hard. Right. right. I, for most people, well, I feel Gabe like go first. Then. Yes. <laughs> I th- gotta th- think. This is my message to everyone in this room, but also listening. I feel like when someone asks you your favorite, anything, you should have a go-to answer because they're not asking the best one. My favorite book, I know, is not the best book of all time. It's certainly not. There's certainly better books. But me personally, my personal taste, my personal vibe, what I like to read, a book I always love, uh, is by William S. Burroughs, who is one of those beat writers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good friend of, you know, all the other ones who are more famous, like Jack Kerouac and Allen Ginsberg. Uh, he had a crush on Allen Ginsberg that was unrequited, actually, very famously in a lot of I did, his books. I just read Howl and other poems. Mm-hmm. Um, which is Ginsberg, yeah. Yeah, which is so good. I think he mentioned Burroughs mm-hmm. a couple times. Uh, William S. Burroughs' favorite... Well, <laughs> one of his books is my favorite. It's called Naked Lunch. Uh, and many people consider it to be his mm, biggest, best one of his. I haven't read anything else by him, although I'd love to. Um, the gist of Naked Lunch the comp- composition of it, kind of vibe of it, is basically um, William S. Burroughs, as many of these writers at the time, they're big old, big old heroin problem. Uh, William S. Burroughs would, while on heroin, just write down what he was seeing and imagining and 
kind of going through and experiencing and feeling, trying to get that sort of concept out there. Uh, and then at one point, he's like, okay, I kind of want to put these writings into a book. So then, you know, Ginsburg or Kerouac or his friends would come by and help him make sense of the notes or try and put them together. And at first, they wanted a narrative and it to be a story where these things happen and are presented as fact because they are like fact when you're in that state. Uh, but then they were like, no, let's just forget it. So Burroughs has said, I mean, he's dead now, but he said, well, he was alive. Like, you know, you can read Naked Lunch chapters in absolutely any order. It doesn't matter. None of it matters. Just read it however you want. Um, all of it is just nonsense. Sentences repeat, phrases repeat across chapters. Whole paragraphs will repeat occasionally. There's weird imagery that repeats. Uh, the, like, um, there's a lot of stuff that comes back. He's kind of in it, but not really. There's this character, William Lee, that's meant to be him, but also he mentions himself by name a few times, so it's like, all right, I don't know what's happening. There's, like, you know, a lot of characters that show up, and then they're there for one chapter and never mentioned again. There's a scene where a bunch of rich people get together for a very high-society meal, and this chapter is just them sitting down, and they're like, and now entertainment. And it's just very gruesome, very brutal, very accurate, very sexual pornography. And then it ends, and they're all like, hmm, very interesting, yes. And that's just a chapter of it. Uh, the last chapter of it is a page, and it is mostly gibberish of just, like, broken-down language, no narrative, no clear sense of anything. And it is my favorite book. A Finnegan's Wake moment there. Kind of, yeah. It, it, it's basically, yeah. Except so, Finnegan's Wake feels more intentional, whereas Naked, Us, Naked Lunch is like, ah, yeah. so everything's about, falling apart. What about it appeals to you, though? Is it just that, that it is that kind of like genuine, I guess? It's because it's so genuine, and I like it because I read it first time in high school. It was uh, my English teacher in my junior year was like, okay, everyone has to pick a different American author, take a book by that author, read it, uh, and that's your big end of year assignment for the whole class. You need to be working on this paper all year. I'll be giving you notes, little deadlines here or there about what stuff should be done. Uh, but, you know, no one picks the same one, so it's kind of like a dibs thing, so get to me as soon as possible. And I wanted my friends to go first, because I wanted to read someone I hadn't read before. So, you know, I wanted to read Vonnegut. I've never read Vonnegut. Someone else got Vonnegut. I was like, that's fine. Uh, Slaughterhouse-Five got taken. You know, a lot of big ones that I wanted to read. Catch-22. Until eventually I was like, who's left? Uh, who's, I didn't, couldn't think of anyone, and it was too late, you know, it wasn't late in the year, but it was late for when we had picked by, uh, and I saw in an interview, Kurt Cobain of Nirvana said that Naked Lunch was his favorite book, and he actually did a song with William Burroughs before Burroughs died in the 90s, and it's really cool to see, where it's just Kurt Cobain playing on an electric guitar, these weird sort of nonsense, no rhythm, very weird, occasionally Christmas songs put in, and... William S. Burroughs said, reads this poem that he wrote. It's called, like, The Priest They Called Him, I think, and it's about just a guy on Christmas, incredibly intoxicated from heroin, stumbling through the streets, freezing. And it's very, very nice. Um, but that made me think, and I told my teacher, I was like, what's well, this Naked Lunch book? Can I read it? And he was like, you like English? You like writing? You like the stuff a lot? You're very good at it? You have a knack for it? You are one of few students in this class that if they approached me with it, I would let you do it. And also, purely because you know it and are interested in it, you should be able to. <laughs> so I read it, and every time I've read it since then, it feels different because you pick up on different things. You notice things differently or because there's so much going on on any given page, on any given paragraph, in any given sentence that there's small things that are slightly like, oh, we phrased that very particularly. And although it's all under heroin, very unclear, there's still very intentional things he does to put you at unease and put you out of state. 
make sure you don't know what's happening. And I like that because most books are like, okay, we need to make sure the reader knows what's happening, where we are, what's going on. This just throws that out the window. And it's like, no, you don't know. It's anything. It's whatever. Uh, so that's why I like it. I oh. talked for way too long about that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I really like that book. It gave me time to think. Yeah, have you found it? My, uh, my, I guess my go-to is uh, Brave New World, Aldous Huxley, which, you know, that, m- that might be like a, uh, it's a more common one or more well-known one than Naked Lunch. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, that doesn't mean yours is worse, though. I mean, I've read that. True. Yeah. Um, no one's read mine, but I've read that one before. <laughs> <laughs> I've read Brave New World twice, once for fun and once um, as an assignment for school. And I I love the um, the message that it has about not like society, but individuality and individual happiness versus um, like science and progressing as a civilization. Because in Brave New World, there's a world state minus the the savage reservations is what they're called in the book. They're Native American reservations, more or less. Um, and nothing new ever happens. So, like, they, they manufacture humans by the 96s, generally. Um, which, all of them look basically the same. They're all clones. Um, yes, there's a lot of sex in the book. And it's meant to sex is so trivialized in that book that it's like it's when we're reading it a lot of people in the first chapter are like this is horrible like why why is he talking about this and i'm like yeah that's the point Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be everything is so everything that's supposed to have a deeper meaning is so trivialized that it doesn't and it's just it's supposed to demonstrate how that world and humanity's whole is just become so superficial sacrificing science deep thought philosophy that kind of stuff for being happy and frivolities um and even their their religion it's a uh, fordism is what it's called they worship henry ford more yeah, or less i remember that they, that was yeah. what they did um that i thought was funny the crosses like for christians they just lopped off the cross so it's a t for the model t mm-hmm. um but they don't no one knows anything about henry ford they just they just talk about him and then go yes orgy time so yeah that, that's that's basically it. That even the the re- religion, which is supposed to be in a lot of ways a gateway to deeper thought and that kind of philosophical pondering, it's just sex. So Fordism, you think that's because of the assembly line? Yeah, no, that's exactly what it is because it's it's about efficiency. That's so, I never realized how evil a concept of the assembly line is. It's just so what efficient. Does it seem just, that evil? It is just your. You're one part of the entire system. That's exactly That's the point of Brave New World. I want to read more Huxley because he has other stuff. He did a lot of LSD, which I think would be oh. interesting to read. It would be interesting to read what he wrote about it. I was going to say as a little factoid, he died the same day Kennedy died. And when he was dying, he asked his wife to give him like two shots of uh, 60 milligrams. LSD. Huxley? Yeah. Oh, wow. Two people died the same day of Kennedy that were famous. And it's like a a thing that they – it's like a it's Who's like a title. Old? I, I can Google it. Huxley, Kennedy, and... It's it's like an actual thing because two of them died and there's an article on Wikipedia of people that had their deaths overshadowed by Kennedy. Um, <laughs> Dang. You two discussed it. Um, I can say that... Oh, yeah, you talked about Huxley's writings on LSD. Mm. I My copy of Naked Lunch by William Burroughs that I'm really... Ha- I got a really good copy. It contains his very back... The back of it is a little glossary index of drugs where he's like, okay... Uh, hi, I was a beat writer in the 50s and 60s. This is me writing it in the 90s. This is every drug. My review of it. 
and like <laughs> how it makes you feel in my opinion how you understand the world under it uh he hated marijuana interesting he hated weed just As because a pharmacy he was major this is really fascinating to me because yeah. he was because he was like marijuana makes you sluggish it makes you sleepy he's like it doesn't make me creative it makes me want to curl up and watch television and so that's true. fine but he's like i don't do drugs for recreation i do drugs for work so, true. so he's like marijuana is a bad drug so true <laughs> he hated that stuff so um on his deathbed i 60 milligrams of lsd was a bit much um and i realized that after looking at it it's um i think it's a microgram Oh yeah, if it's measured in micrograms, yeah, then that's it's a microgram. That's a lot. A hundred micrograms of LSD was applied to him on his deathbed, and the other person that died was C.S. Lewis. Oh my goodness! Oh, on, uh, another writer. Yeah. So, they were both overshadowed by Kennedy dying, but I thought it was interesting because, like, that must be such a weird trip. Like you're dying and you're on a hundred micrograms of LSD. Worst thing about that, you can't write it down. Yeah, and like, I mean, well, you could, but it, it would be incomprehensible. Yeah. The trip just doesn't end then. Like, you're on a trip and then you die. So, yeah. um, <clears throat> mine is sort of basic, especially since I just finished it. My favorite book now is Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. <laughs> I've been talking about it nonstop. Since Another I, beat writer. Since, yeah. since I read it, since I finished it, it is probably the funniest book I've ever read. I don't think I've read a funnier book yet. Um, like, never before has a book actually made me laugh out loud while reading something. Uh, you know, LOL. But I'm glad I got one laugh from that one. It's funny, no. <laughs> from saying LOL. Yeah. Okay. Lol. Anyway. Um, and the way I also, if I ask somebody, what's your favorite book? And they're, like, pondering it or, like, thinking, I say if you can imagine one book that you would always read again, that you would pick up again and read it, if you had one book to choose, then I think that's your favorite book. If it's just the one thing you know you would read again, remember. Yeah. And that's the way I think about it. And that's the book I would read again if I could only read one book. Because um, it's the setting. Like, it's just such an intriguing setting. It has such, it, His imagery is great. His writing is great. His humor is great. He's so dramatic about every little thing, and it's just hilarious to read because he'll mention, like, um, there's a specific one that I remember where he's pulling into a hotel. He pulls the car up. Okay, wait. It's kind of the punchline. Um, <laughs> he's like, why are these thugs standing over me in their military suits with, like, the shoulder pads? Mm -hmm. and they're barking orders at me. And then it reveals that he's parked his car on the curb and saying, you can't park here. And they're like, a parking attendant's. And he just calls them thugs. And just and some like, guys. There's yeah. military men. His fascists are trying to take me over. But it's just, I don't know. And and then the message at the end of it is my personal favorite because I just love critiques of the American dream. Yeah. Really love it. And that's like, it's one of the better examples of it because it's mm -hmm. just like acknowledging the horror of, American culture, mm -hmm. especially in Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah, I have an obsession. Yeah, let's do. Let's be, do obsession. be quick. Okay. <clears throat> Gabe, I don't, know, I don't have one. Someone else go. And think. Chip tune. Chip tune. What's that? Explique. Explain. Like, like eight bit music. Oh. Yeah, that's it. Any examples? Um, like artists or songs that you've really been. Anything like M has introduced me to. Oh, of Master course. Yep. Mastermind. Yeah. It all makes sense now. Yep. Mm. I'll go. Columbo. I've been watching Columbo. Just one more thing before I go. Yeah, just one more thing. 
Oh, I forgot to ask you. Oh, Is... right before it slips my mind. The missus told me to ask you. You ever had Mrs. Columbo's chili? Delicious. <laughs> I like chili. I haven't seen... You'd I love Columbo. Columbo. He loves chili. <laughs> he also drinks bourbon, apparently. Yeah, he's a detective. He's a real American man. He's great. I don't know. It's just so much about Columbo that's fun. The only thing I don't like is that it's two hours. So it's kind Every of episode's two hours? Every episode is two wow. hours. Wow. And this was like the... What? This when was the, the show on? Like, that's crazy. 60s they were doing that. This was ba- It's basically just a movie length. But it's TV just an show. episode of some detective it's show. It's just an yeah. episode. Yeah. And, I mean... I kind of wish there was more than just murder. I think it's just entirely murder mystery, which is like, all right. But, like, you know, he's a detective. Come yeah. on. He can do a bit more. Get Columbo and some other stuff. Maybe a robbery or something. Maybe, maybe he's a homicide detective. Maybe some fraud. I mean, he's a homicide detective. Yes, that's why he only does murders. I know, but, like, you know, I like my crime variety. <laughs> I like my variety of crime. Fair it's enough. Like fraud. Um, so, yeah, I think my obsession, I'd say, have either of you watched the show The Bear? I know it. It was on FX uh, and Hulu, if you have Hulu, because Hulu does FX stuff. Shameless guy, right? Yes, one of the actors from Shameless, whose name I can't remember, who I feel awful about, because he's phenomenal. He wasn't an extra. He was like a main character. I didn't say extra. I said he was an actor, didn't I? You said extra. Extra. Okay. Actor. Actor. He was an actor on Shameless. He's great. Um, Basically, it's about this. It's a great show for if you like cooking, but you also like realistic cooking so not like very clean proper chef trained from france he was trained in new york but then his brother who owns like a dingy not cool not well not cool but like dingy gross small dinery restaurant in chicago uh takes his own life and then he's like hey carmy uh leaving the restaurant to you you come back and run it and he's like well i guess i i'm not gonna say no he's dead so then he comes back and it's just this very well it's kind of like a fish out of water but they all know him because they know mm. his brother and like his their cousin also works there and he's like pissed off that he didn't get it but they become you know but they're also mourning the loss of their both like best friend um and it's just this it's beautiful and it's so well done it's so seer like fun um uh occasionally you know like on on staff in the kitchen they'll have like dinners together like they'll just make it for everyone make dinner for the customers but each other and they'll call it like all right family everyone family dinner get in here family let's do it so that's why when m will be like you guys want to do family dinner i'm like all right family come on let's go family <laughs> i need hands <laughs> it's a great show all right um we're gonna wrap it up here because i almost exed out of audacity and almost had a heart attack nice because I was clicking smooth tabs. move x right. lax you just i'm gonna google where that's from smooth move x lax an 80s movie. I don't remember which one. I will. 80s be movie. What else from Gabriel Oldman Brady? The huh? 1980s are like I. That's ev- almost every movie that came out in that decade is either iconic or so good it's bad. So I don't think I'm an old man you... for knowing 80s movies. What's the oldest movie you know? The oldest movie I know. Okay, well, I, you, that's you're just asking me to tell you how like make an old man joke. Gone you're with the wind. Because I could give Gone you a really old one. <laughs> What have you that's seen? a real old what's, one. What's the oldest you've seen? Oldest I've seen? Okay, that's a better one. Gone with the Wind. <laughs> um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers from the 50s. Oh, I've seen I love that. some good old horror movies. I've seen that. It's not a great movie, but it's good for the time, and it's fun for horror history. Yeah. That's my Halloween recommendation. 
Ooh, I forgot a, I watched that. You might like it. The pods. Yes. And it's a very bad metaphor for communism. Very poorly, thinly veiled. Of, oh my gosh, the aliens could be any one of us. They look just like us, but they're evil and we have to kill them. I also, I almost said white zombie, but I haven't seen white zombie. I, it's a horror movie from the 1920s. I I tried to watch Nosferatu and I couldn't. It's not, I've never seen it, the original one. It's on YouTube. It's just silent and silent movies. They're are, making a Nosferatu remake. I know. It's an I'm so excited. Movie. Directed it's Robert by the guy Eggers. Who did Lighthouse and the Witch. Robert Eggers and the Northman. He's, Me and Bruce oh, are nerding so out because we love I haven't seen the Northman. It's the I, only one of his I, I haven't, haven't seen. I haven't seen it either. I need to see it. If you like horror movies where you don't really know what's happening, but that's what's scary and it's in black and white and it's very, very intense Northman, period pieces. The North. The, way, the bitch wasn't in black and white. It was color. You're it's right, but dry. it was a very intense period piece. Yeah. Either way. And the Northman, he just does period pieces so good. Yes. Like, he's so accurate. Okay, we need to wrap this Yes. Watch I was not sure if we were still recording or not. We're going to do a Robert Eggers episode. <laughs> we're going to do, oh do a Lighthouse episode in the future. Keep tuned. Hawk! Okay. <laughs> Hawk! Anyway. It's the second episode. <laughs> Your second episode it's that you hosted. It's my second episode. Yeah, it's my second episode, guys. Okay. Um, tune in next time. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love to see it. Yeah. He said, yeah.